0: a lot of physical, emotional, mental, all kinds of abuse within our marriage. The verse that kept coming to me was Jeremiah 29, 11. God has a plan for me and this is not it. Yes, he doesn't want divorce. That was not the intention, but he also does not want me to die here. That was not the plan. And I knew that. And so I was able to work through that and reach out and get help from my support system, from my amazing family and friends and get out and stay out. It was really my dad because I didn't want to let him down, it was really him that, as I was sharing just the very tip of the iceberg of some of the things that had been going on, that he said, "Do you think this is salvageable?" And I said, "Well, you know, we said vows before God, and we can't get divorced, and da 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 da." You know, all the things that I did and still do believe, but you know, the circumstances were a little bit different. And he said, "I don't think this is salvageable, and I think if you go back to him, the next time I see you, it will be in a body bag." You're listening to Altered Stories with Michelle Renee Gutch.
1: Hello, Altered Story Show listeners. This is your Chief Storyteller host, Michelle Saunders Gutch. And welcome to episode 73 Chantelle's My Path to Purposeful Pain God Story. Thank you for listening to this episode and to my show that is part. Of the Spark Media Network and can now be heard on the Edify app. The Edify app is the world's most powerful Christian app and offers thousands of the best Christian podcasts for your listening enjoyment. Friends, I hope your January month has been a great one. For me, it's been a very challenging month, one filled with moments of anxiousness, waiting for information about my Corgi Beau's cancer prognosis and making the best decisions about his care. Also fighting a very nasty cold and sinus infection and cough where I lost my voice, which is why I'm coming to you later with some of the episodes. Because I could not record. Also, there's been some challenges in making new decisions on my podcast format. Of course, wonderful decisions about guests, and I've got solo shows coming. As the word God has given me in 2022 is deliberate, I have found that this month, He is teaching me what being deliberate really means. Now, friends, it's time to get this show started. And I am so excited today, well, actually this evening, (laughs) to bring to the mic my lovely special guest from Kansas and the Create a Life You Love podcast host, Chantel Cox. Chantel is also a special educator, author, speaker, transformation neuro coach, and certified life purpose coach who helps women connect with their unique purpose by permanently removing the blocks holding them back so that they can step into their full potential. Her book, Create a Life You Love, 10 Healthy Habits to Transform Your Life Now shares her personal transformation by story after getting out and staying out of an abusive marriage and a lifelong struggle with depression, anxiety, and extremely low self-worth. And I'm delighted that we're going to hear about that today on the podcast or this evening. So good evening, Chantel, and welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. So great to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Is there anything else about yourself that I haven't shared? I mean, we're going to talk about a lot of different things, but anything else about you personally that you would like to share with my listeners all around the world? <laughs>
0: I think we'll probably get into a lot of it as we kind of unravel my story, but yeah, like you said, I'm in Kansas. I'm a special educator, an author, and a coach, and just excited for the opportunity to share my story with the audience.
1: Well, I love that. So how has your 2022 year started out?
0: Pretty good. Um, obviously, with the COVID numbers and stuff going up and being part of the public education system, that uh, definitely throws some challenges into day-to-day work life. I'm fortunate to have a position where I mostly work from home, but then I support educators who are in the building across the state. And so it's I, it's been very stressful for all the educators that I work with. So just trying to maintain centered and do whatever I can
1: to support them yeah well, you all are in my prayers and in my thoughts as you know you try to manage this and you know also take care of those that you are serving, right? And so know that you're in my thoughts and my prayers, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners will be also praying and thinking of you too. So sh- thank you for sharing that. Do you have one word? that um, you've been drawn to as we kicked out the 2022 year
0: yes i have two actually it's intentional and consistent and i have them printed out and kind of over here on my vision board by my workstation
1: (laughs) oh okay those are both really really powerful words so yours align with mine at least the intentional so I think that is really powerful and I think really important and so needed right now. You know, Chantel, you and I have um, started developing a connection around stories, right? I mean, I was on your podcast show. I was fortunate to be able to share my God story with you and it brought me to where I am. And, you know, I would like to know from someone who is a fan of stories, why do you think it's important for women to share their stories?
0: Yeah. So part of my story, you mentioned a little bit in the beginning, but um, I've always struggled with anxiety, depression, very low self-esteem, and on my 30th birthday, left an abusive marriage. And I felt during all those times, all the time growing up, just very isolated, very alone, very much like I'm the only one struggling with this. And like, I'm the only one that I had all these things in my head, all these stories of, I should have known better. Or how did I allow myself to get in the situation? And it really wasn't until I started connecting with people who were brave enough to share their stories that I could see that this didn't have to define me. This was not the end of my story. And there was hope and light at the end of the tunnel.
1: Yes. And you're living a better story. That's for sure. So, and there is a podcast out there called Living a Better Story too, Chantel. So- I might need to make a recommendation for you to go on that podcast, because I've also been a guest on that. And that's another just continuing the journey, right? So thank you for sharing that. And as you know, Chantel, you know, my podcast is all around the power of the story and the healing pieces of that and how God came in to the circumstances of the stories that the women have shared. And so I would love to have you share your God stories. So can you share when your my path to purposeful pain God story began?
0: So I grew up in a um, Christian home and um, have a very amazing father who adopted me when I was three and raised me and um, very, very strong Christian man. And so grew up in all that. And then as an adult, I found myself married and really trying hard to live that life that, you know, I thought that we were creating and we were plugged into a church. We lived in Oklahoma City at the time. And yeah, just trying really hard to live, you know, we said vows before God and I, you know, sanctity of marriage and I never foresaw myself getting divorced. And I had told him that was a deal breaker before we ever even met because I had met him on an online dating site. And so before we ever met in real life, I just said, I don't believe in divorce. And it's really important to me to have kids and you already have one divorce under your belt and have a child from a previous marriage. So like if those things don't align with you, don't even come meet me. And so apparently he did and it did not work out the way that we had hoped it would. But so there was a lot of physical, uh, emotional, mental, all kinds of abuse within our marriage. And the verse that kept coming to me was Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, And it was just like, okay, God has a plan for me and this is not it. Like, yes, he doesn't you know, want divorce. That was not the intention, but he also does not want me to die here. Like that was not the plan. And I knew that. And so I was able to um, work through that and reach out and get help from my support system, from my amazing family and friends and get out and stay out. It was really my dad because I didn't want to let him down, you know. And it was really him that as I was sharing just the very tip of the iceberg of some of the things that had been going on that he said, "Do you think this is salvageable?" And I said, "Well, you know, we said vows before God and we can't get divorced and da da da,", da. you know, all the all the things that I did and still do believe, but, you know, the circumstances are a little bit different." And he said, I don't think this is salvageable. And I think if you go back to him, the next time I see you, it will be in a body bag because that is the direction it was heading. And so that really, for the first time, allowed me to see like, oh, this is serious. This is not a matter of moving with my sister for the summer and get like couples counseling and, you know, move on. Like, this is not something that we can fix. So really, he was able to show, you know, he's my loving earthly father showing just like God is our loving heavenly father and just really able to show that to me was very, very important and pivotal on my journey.
1: You know, it sounds from what you've shared, Chantel, that, you know, what a disappointment, you know, you had high expectations of this man, you know, you met him. Online, However, it appeared from everything that you shared that he had the same value system that you had and you were going to the church together. You really sought God to make the decision to marry this man. And it seemed like it was the right thing to do. Um, And you set boundaries with him right up front. You let him know. You know, the question is when did you start to see the breakdown in the marriage? I mean, how how long were you in total married to this man?
0: yeah from our first in-person date to when i am like signing the divorce papers in front of a judge in oklahoma was only about two years so the whole thing was very brief in comparison to many things it felt very long but (laughs) you know hindsight now that i'm seven and a half years removed from it it really was pretty quick we had talked about because I I wanted to be a mom like really, really bad. I thought that was going to be part of my life journey. So on my 30th birthday was when we were going to start trying for a family. And a couple weeks leading up to it, he just said, you know, my son is getting ready to start kindergarten. I just really don't want to do diapers again. And I know that was a deal breaker for you. So I know you have to leave. And yeah, that's too bad. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, that's, there were, there were two parts to that, The if you don't want kids, don't come meet me. But also, if you think divorce is ever an option, don't come meet me, right? And I'm like, so obviously, you've, you're you taking away this idea of me ever being a mom, but I'm not willing to entertain this divorce situation, right? And so several days of just absolute turmoil, um, trying to wrestle with all that and wrap my head around what what is happening here? Why is this happening? How do I respond to this? and i finally went to him and i said okay well here's the thing i can't like force you to have more kids with me right like like i don't want to bring a kid into that like that's not great <laughs> Mm-mm. So I'm like, so I can't control that. So what I'd like to do is to go to therapy and work through this together so I can figure out a way not to basically hate you for the rest of my life. (laughs) Like, how do I not resent you? And then that's really when the physical increased dramatically and pretty, pretty quickly. And I found out later he had been seeing someone else and had gotten her pregnant and needed me out of the picture. And so he was going to get rid of me one way or another.
1: (laughs) That's so hard, Chantel. Yeah. So were you angry with God over this?
0: Very much so in some ways. In some ways, I mean, he just laid out the path so perfectly and allowed me to get out. And the story that kept coming to my head was... I was familiar with this little story of, you know, there's a flood. And so this person is told evacuate and they're like, God will save me. And the it's waters are rising, waters are rising. So he goes upstairs and they're coming and banging on his door. You've got to evacuate. You've got to evacuate. And he's like, God will save me. God will save me. He's up on the roof and there's boats coming by and they're like, jump in. This is your last chance. And he's like, God will save me. And then a helicopter comes and drops down a ladder. And he's like on the top of his roof, like barely, like, yeah, the water's rising, rising. And he's like, God will save me. Well, he drowns. And then he gets to heaven. And he's like, God, like, what happened? And he's like, I sent someone to your door. I sent a boat. I sent a helicopter. Like, I don't know like, what else I can do for you. You have to get on the boat or get on the helicopter, right? You've got to accept saving. And I felt very much like he was sending me that helicopter and it was my last chance out. And I knew that it was divinely orchestrated and just there perfect for me to get out. And the timing was great because like I said, I'm in education. So it was over summer break. Um, So I had the space to f- kind of process and figure that out. Mm hmm. I was able to stay with my sister while I kind of figured out what to do next. I secured a job for the future year within 24 hours. I called an old boss and was like, so moving back to the Wichita area. And she's like, oh, great. You and ex-husband's name. I'm like, nope, just me. (laughs) And she's like okay, give me 24 hours. And she called back and said, would you like to teach here or here? Here are your two options. And so I picked one and she sent the contract. And then that really solidified a lot of the, the unknowns, the uncertainty, like, so just everything lined out so perfectly. And I could see that. And I was so grateful for that. But then plugging back into the church where I had been, so involved in for so many years and all my Bible study people for so many years, they were all around my age. They all got married. They're all having baby number two and I'm going through divorce. <laughs> so it was very hard. Um, and I did not feel like I really fit there anymore there at no point. Cause I was really terrified that I'd go and they'd be like, well, divorce is a sin and like, you should have made it work type of thing. And that obviously was not at all the response that I got. I was just loved on and they were heartbroken for me and but i I just was no longer really a fit for me i guess because i had been so involved with like the children's ministry and so they're like okay you're back let's plug you back in let's get you busy and i'm like i i can't i cannot be in children's church right now with all these children knowing that i'm probably never going to have one of my own and so there was a lot of healing that needed to happen for sure and some definitely some hurt and anger
1: um, that yeah. I had to process through. Yeah. So did you lean into the word of God for some of that, you know, in your quiet time with the Lord? And I mean, or was it kind of a combination of maybe talking with some counselors and, you know, being around people who loved you and your dad and, you know, that you just felt the support system around you to help you as you came through that great disappointment, you know, and different vision of you know your life of what you were expecting to to be doing you know how 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 did you heal like do you think yeah
0: um definitely a lot of therapy
1: <laughs> uh-huh
0: a lot of therapy a lot of um processing prayer um for 6 months Things were very messy for me. I just was didn't want to be home i didn't want to be alone in this tiny apartment with white walls where i couldn't afford to put anything you know it just it wasn't home. i'd left a home that I had built with somebody that I thought was gonna last forever and now i'm living in an apartment and like like i haven't lived in an apartment since I was in college like what is this like i'm thirty and I go from A house, a home, like with a pool and just, you know, great things to this tiny little depressing apartment. Um, And so I really tried hard to distract myself and not always in the healthiest of ways.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. (laughs) I I appreciate your honesty. I mean, you're being very authentic. And that's what sometimes we do as women, when we're trying to figure it out, you know, even though we have that relationship with the Lord in our lives, you're still trying to battle that humanity and you know, figuring out you're so wounded, you know, and trying to, you know, heal, you know, and it is just a, a process. So thank you for being real about that.
0: I think it's really important to acknowledge all that because. It just would be terrible if somebody heard my story and just thought, oh, she left and then she wrote a book and created a life she loved. Like, no, no, no. There was like so much in between there, you know, years of just healing and processing and figuring out what it was. It took me, I took a year off of dating um, and just to focus on me because I had never done that before. I'd always been worried about you know, how do I make this person happy? Or you know, how do I fulfill these expectations that I think have been put on me by family or society or whatever it was? Like I just was running around trying to make everybody else happy, and I never stopped to ask, like, who is it that I want to be? What is it that I want from life? What makes me happy? Like, because I was just such a people pleaser. People pleaser. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: Yes, I, I, I can see. A lot of times that's how you grow out of that into setting boundaries and learning to do some self-care, right? And you have to when you've gone through what, you know, like I went through a divorce myself and very difficult disappointment, you know. I ended up with a child. (laughs) I did get that um, out of (laughs) my efforts. But never expected to be a single mom, you know, raising a daughter on my own. But then, you know, you had a dream and I guess God saw that differently. And, you know, your your life and your story isn't over. So um, I'm sure um, your vision of that is still out there, you know, and uh, God gave that to you. Right. So I do believe it will be fulfilled you know, uh, just in the right timing and with the right person, you know. So I do thank you for sharing some of that with the audience, too. Now, in terms of your relationship with God, you know, the transformation, did you see that you were drawn closer in relationship to God as you were going through that transition? Is it into singlehood again and trying to find your purpose and, you know, kind of get your feet back on the beaten path and all of that? Yeah, it was definitely
0: a winding journey. (laughs) You know, there were parts where I was drawn closer and then there were parts where just my own hurt and anger got in the way and I would kind of be like, nope. You know, I'm just going to go over here and be angry for a little while. (laughs) So it was not by any means a clear, straight, pretty path. He's always been there and always sending people into my path to help me kind of refocus and re-get back to where I needed to be.
1: Have you reached a point where you've forgiven your ex-husband?
0: I don't know if forgive, like I don't feel the hurt and anger and like hate towards him anymore. I feel a little bit like not that there's any regrets because I just where I was at and not having kids with him, I was able to get a clean break. Um, My dad stepped in and he took over all communication. Um, The morning I left, and like he went to work and i my friends were visiting for my 30th birthday and i told them like just a tidbit of what was happening and we loaded up the car and we drove away and i never saw him talk to him anything ever again um he knew that i wasn't there when he got home so he started like calling me and my dad's like don't answer and then he's calling my mom and don't answer and my sister don't answer and then my brother-in-law don't answer finally he called my dad and my dad answered and he said sorry Chantel's filled us in on what's going on, and you will never see her or touch her ever again. Um, and so, here's what's going to happen she's going to file, and you're going to make it go quick and easy, and then we're done. And if not, because he was in the military, and my dad's a retired colonel, and he's like, I will destroy your career and make sure you lose custody of your kid, and it's just not going to go well for you. So, <laughs> that you can't out alpha the main alpha. <laughs> so. <laughs> He would have definitely made things, he would have manipulated and twisted and made things not great. Um, He's a narcissist. And I did not know what that meant back then. And that's another reason I think it's so important that we have these conversations is I did not know the term narcissist or gaslighting. And now as society and in our pop culture, TV shows and books and stuff. We're starting to talk about that. And it's, we now know the signs, we know what to look for. Um, But I didn't then. That was never terms I'd ever heard of. I'd heard like, oh, don't be such a narcissist, but like thinking like the world doesn't revolve around you. I had no idea it was a personality disorder, right? And that it was much more serious than something him and I could have worked through. It's something that he's got to figure out on his own and whatever that needs to look like for him and any future kids, current and future kids that he will have.
1: (laughs) You know, Chantel, I want to tell you something. I had a really hard time forgiving my former husband for what transpired in my marriage. And it took me a long time, a long, long, long time to... Be able to get to a place of where I could actually let go and let God and then pray for him, you know, and pray for, you know, because he is my daughter's dad, biological, and always wanted her to have a good relationship with him. And I think I always put her first, you know, through that. And there's a lot of humility that you have to go through and swallowing your pride and all those things. It's a, it's a, it's definitely a death to self when you go through a divorce, I will say, but you know, the story isn't over. You just don't know where your past may cross again someday of recent. I've heard my former husband has um, changed in terms of his beliefs and is in more of a, a faith relationship with God in his life and in his home and his marriage. And so I'm grateful, you know, to see that. And you just never know where God will intertwine you guys again at some point, but it's obvious that you've moved on. That is open doors for you in so many other ways to be able to use what you've come through. And I'd, I'd kind of like to talk with you a little bit about that. You know, we talked about the Podcast and then your book. So, can you share a little bit more about that book? Did the book come and then the podcast or the pod? Okay, so you felt felt led. Was that part of your healing journey? I'm assuming about six months after the
0: divorce, because uh, my birthday's in June, so I left on my thirtieth birthday. So New Year's Day, I'm just kind of reflecting on. Okay. I've had six months and I've been a little messy (laughs) and just Mm -hmm. trying to figure out which way is up. I've been given a second chance at life and I'm kind of wasting it. So what do I want to do different? And so I just kind of wrote down things that I'd always said I wanted to do, but hadn't done for one reason or another. And one was learn how to salsa dance. And one was go skydiving. I really wanted to go skydiving for my 30th birthday. And he told me it was selfish and irresponsible and like just all kinds of mean things. Like, how could I even think about doing something like that type of thing? And so I'm like, well, now you can't tell me no, so I get to do what I want. And it's January in Kansas, so skydiving was not really an immediate option, but I did Google salsa class near me, and there was one the following night, and I went, and it was terrifying but amazing at the same time, and so I kept going, and just slowly starting to learn how to get out of my comfort zone and work through that discomfort, and then picking up my first ever self-help book, and then going down this huge personal development rabbit hole (laughs) between all the books and all the podcasts, and just really exposing myself to this whole new world that I'd never really been exposed to before, really made a huge, pretty dramatic difference pretty quickly, because as I was learning all these things, and I started implementing things that I had heard, like I heard about gratitude journals, like the 10th time, I'm like, okay, maybe I should pay attention. (laughs) Maybe I Mm -hmm. should try this out, right? Yeah,
1: they're really good. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
0: But like, I would hear about it, and I'd roll my eyes and be like, how is that going to help? And who has time for that? Well, I'm just going to sit around and write in a journal. Like, what do I look like? I am busy. Like, I don't have time for that, right? And just, I was so resistant to so many of the things that I was learning about, but finally it clicked to where I'm like, okay, all these people have books and seem a lot happier than I am. And, you know, so Maybe I should listen. Maybe I should try some of the things that I'm hearing consistently. So slowly implementing and then seeing a change. People in my life that had known me before, during and after this whole ordeal are just watching me transform before their eyes. And they're like, what did you do and how can I do it? Um, This they were commenting that I walk in a room and I'm just glowing and I'm confident and I have this peace and just a whole new person. So I started reflecting because I did not set out to be like, I'm going to create a life I love, right? Like I just was one foot in front of another, just living life, trying to figure out how to get to the next day and how to Mm -hmm. make the next day a little bit better than the previous day. And I'm a teacher. And so I started making little mini lessons and worksheets. And so then people would be like, okay, so I tried that gratitude journal thing that you talked about and you like put little five easy steps on a worksheet and I went and I did it. And here's what happened. So what else do you got for me? Well, have you <laughs> like, and I just started sharing things that had worked for me. And as they were implementing it and they were seeing a difference, that's when the light bulb finally went off. And I was like, oh, everything that I've gone through. Yes. It's made a difference, a positive impact in my life to where I'm better now than I was, but I could actually help other people. I've been given skills in teaching, a passion, a heart for teaching and educating. And so I can take that and then I can take everything and combine it. Um, All my, my unique experiences and talents and passions all come together and now I can use that to help others. And so I started with a YouTube channel and found out very quickly that I did not like it because I'm a bit of a perfectionist. And I would spend like 20 hours and end up with like a three minute clip that two people watched. (laughs) And like one of them was my mom. (laughs)
1: Like
0: this is not fun. (laughs) It's work. It's a lot of work. And so I was like, what did I always like to do? Oh, I always liked writing. Well, why don't I try to write some of these things out? So it started kind of as a blog and then the blog slowly formed into chapters and then it became a book. And obviously there's some restructuring to make it more than just like random blog posts in a book together to make it more cohesive. But yeah, it, it was very healing, getting it out and it's part memoir, part self-help. So, yeah, each chapter, there's 10 chapters, it walks through 10 healthy habits that I did to transform my life that anybody else can easily implement. So the first part of every chapter is kind of my story with that struggle. Like I kind of alluded to a little bit about the gratitude of how I would keep hearing about it and I was resistant and then I finally tried it and here's what happened. And so then there's a, your turn section at the end of every chapter that has, okay, and here's how you can easily implement this as well. And then there's free downloadable um, worksheets that they can get online too that go companion worksheets for the book. And so as people started reading that, I really thought, you know, I set out this goal of, I want to write a book. And I'm like, can I write a book? I don't know how to write a book. So I had to learn all these new skills and really get out of my comfort zone to let people read this story that, you know, and like open myself up to all that, (laughs) you know, first it's like, well, who's going to read my book? What do I have to say? Who am I? And then you actually get it and you're like, oh my gosh, what if someone actually reads the book? Like, then what? (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> what if they judge it? What if they don't like it? What if, you know, and, but I just really felt this strong calling, like this, you need to do this. This is going to help somebody. And that was the what I just kept telling myself. If this can help one person, then it made it worth it. So yeah, that, I was just going to write the book and then move on with my life and go back to just doing my own thing. And Wichita is amazing. They're so supportive of local businesses. So people started reaching out and saying, can we host a book signing for you? And I'm like, "Uh-huh, let me Google what how to do a book signing real quick, but sure, tell me when." <laughs> and then people are showing up and asking like, "I bought this book and I read it and telling me like how it helped them and asking me to sign it and then asking to hire me." And I'm like, Hire me for what? To tutor your kid? Like I'm a teacher. I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> and they're like to be my life coach. They're like, Oh, I'm not a life coach. I'm a I'm a teacher and I just happen to write a book. And my best friend reminded me that at the moment, at that moment in time, I had already left the classroom and I was serving as an instructional coach. I was coaching teachers and like that was my full time job. And I had gone through coaching training and I really enjoyed it. Um And I was like, oh, OK, so I guess I can be a teacher and a coach. So then I sought out coaching certifications. And podcasts had been such a big part of my journey that I'd always said, oh, if I had more time, I would do a podcast. But between getting my coaching certification, working full time, having a full social calendar, trying to dance as often as I can, juggling all the things, I'm like, I don't have time to figure out how to do a podcast. Insert March 2020.
1: (laughs) Yes, 2020.
0: (laughs) So all of a sudden I had a lot of time on my hands and so I just started googling how to start a podcast and just kind of figured it out as I went and I just absolutely loved connecting with people like yourself and just the opportunity to share other other stories and connect and get on other podcasts and share my story it's just been really a really fun journey that I never could have back in September, 2018, when I said, I think I might write a book, a never in a million years would have been like, and then I'm going to start a podcast. And then I'm going to become a coach. And then I'm going to start an online business, like never in a million years.
1: (laughs) Yes. Isn't it amazing how God works though, and how he uses our calling and our desires to, you know, bring freedom, you know, not just with what has transpired with you, and the transformation and the change. And, you know, I know that, you know, you're in a different life than you were, but you're still you. You're still who God created in his image and who has a purpose and a plan for all of your life. And so I just think it's really amazing how um, he has you know gifted you and given you that boldness and that courage as you stepped out to you know do these things and I do believe he equips those that he calls and that some people are chosen for those reasons and I think that's what's transpiring what we're seeing here in your story and so I really appreciate that you stood forward. And I mean, you stood up and said, Hey, I'm going to do this. And you took on that challenge, you know, and you had the servant heart and wanting to help others. And, you know, that God has given you just little bits of encouragement and success. And, you know, that's a wonderful place, I think, to be. And so, I can't wait to see what is going to be ahead for you and how God's going to work through your relationships and, you know, just the work that you're doing. I think it's wonderful. And I'm so grateful that your parents and your community, all of that, uh, that's important, has rallied around you, Chantal, because that's so part of the healing process, I think, as well. So have you found a new place to worship or where, what is your position on like a church family when you're single? I mean, I don't know what Wichita is like, and if there's a lot of great places, have you found one that you feel comfortable with at this point?
0: I was going for a little bit to one, and then it was also in the community where I was um, working. I had been in the same school district for about six years, and this is my first year not in that district, Um, and so now it feels a little odd going there. Like, I've just changed my life quite a bit. Like, my whole career, like, has gone a different direction in an amazing way, and so now it's it just doesn't feel like home anymore. So I'm back in the searching phase. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I think we all go through different times where we have to make those transformations and changes and where we worship based on our life stage. I will definitely be praying for you for that right place where that aligns with everything that you're doing in your life too. So, cause I mean, it's gotta be like the Fit, You know, there's a cultural fit there, I think, too, for some. Um, it's important, you know, and so you, I will be praying for you for that. And I would love also um, to have you share as we kind of wind down any other words or any closing words for our listeners um, that you would like to leave them with and then also share your contact info, if you don't mind.
0: Something that's really been standing out lately that I've been working with my clients a lot about and talking a lot about as I'm on other podcasts and starting to incorporate it into some of the like free content and stuff that I provide in my community is really looking at, you know, Jim Rohn has a quote about you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. And I think that's key to really look at who are you surrounding yourself with, but then I'd also encourage everybody to think about do you have people ahead of you on the journey that you are learning from, um, and that can be authors, it can be podcasts, it can be friends, it can be um coaches, like whatever it is wherever you're at in your journey, what makes sense for you, and then you really want to find a community of people around the same area of you as your journey because you can support each other and hold each other accountable. But no matter where you are in your journey, you are further ahead than somebody. You have learned something. And so really looking for the opportunities to reach back and help somebody further behind you on the journey. And so that's just really um, been what's on my heart lately is helping people figure out what are their unique uh, experiences and talents and skills and passions that they've been given and how they can use those to connect with their purpose and reach back and help others.
1: Okay. And then how can you be re- where, where, where- can people like reach out to you?
0: My website is create a life you love And then, so that has all my links and contacts and, um, where you can get my book and everything. And the book's also on Amazon. And then I'm most active. I have a free community on Facebook called um, the Create a Life You Love Community. And we do all kinds of free stuff, like Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central Time. We go live every Tuesday and I interview someone like Michelle, um, because you've been a guest. And I just bring people from all over the world to share about their journey, their stories, and any tips um, that they wanna share to help others on their journey. And I just love connecting people, and it's just been really fun to watch that community grow. And so, anybody that that sounds interesting to you, come check us out. And then I'm on all the socials, uh, but that's where I'm most active at is in that community.
1: Okay, thank you. Thanks again, Chantel, for your time and sharing your God story with my listeners. And I know that many will be blessed, and I can't wait to share it. And I just hope. It brings hope, you know, to those that have come through disappointments, because life is filled with many of them at times. And you know how we turn it around, um, and how we make it better instead of being bitter, right? As we've spoke about. So you've made it better, and how God comes into our story and transitions and transforms us you know, differently too. And then friends we will have this episode available to listen to on our website on Facebook all the major platforms that we are out there on and of course Edify is a new one and for those of you around the world I mean there's all kinds of apps out there too if you don't get a chance to go to our website but we will definitely have all of Chantel's information out there on her special episode page including the links to her book and her socials and her, um, her actual podcast. So I'm grateful um, and I am excited for any feedback that you can give us um, because we would love to hear it. And until the next show, friends, be heard and be healed. Altered Stories Ministry is a faith-based, nonprofit and women's evangelistic storytelling ministry located in Overland
0: Park, Kansas. If you enjoyed listening to today's story, your family and friends would probably benefit from hearing how God works in the lives of women all over the world, too. So please, subscribe to our show and share the link to this podcast. Share it on your social media. We also welcome your valued feedback on our stories. Also, we'd appreciate your prayerful consideration